Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. You're listening to The Auburn Express. What's up? And War Eagle, War Report family, you got Ike Jones. We are back with another morning drop. Today, we're talking key matchups. Auburn is headed into the Deep South's oldest rivalry. Which matchups are in favor of the Tigers and which ones maybe not so much in favor? Y'all know how we do right here, War Report style. Let's drop it on them. Now, now listening to, listening to the war morning drop we are here it is wednesday september the 27th ike jones mike g dropping in on a fabulous wednesday morning to talk a little bit more about yeah. auburn versus georgia matchup mike g we got a lot of work that we need to do in terms of our offense i think the obvious thing to sit here and talk about is can Auburn generate points against Georgia, right? We'll get into that maybe, but we want to focus on some things maybe Auburn can do to uh, be productive this Saturday that aren't super obvious. All right, well, let's get into the conversation and talk a little bit more about Auburn versus Georgia. First and foremost, uh, again, we know that Auburn's got some work to do yeah. on the offensive side of the ball. So, you know, of course, figure out ways to score points but let's talk about some matchups that maybe Auburn can take advantage of right out here. Um, some interesting things that we've thought about. We were talking a little bit before we got on. And I think the obvious one is the young Carson Beck coming into Jordan Hare, his first road matchup in the SEC. Can Auburn find a way to generate pressure and force Carson Beck to maybe make a couple of mistakes has not happened a lot this season. Not a lot of pressure, but Mike G, what are your thoughts on pressuring the young quarterback? Yeah, look, I think Auburn has struggled generating pressure early in games on opposing quarterbacks. Uh, So starting fast is going to be about making sure that you get your offense, the ball back. Uh, Mm -hmm. Carson, he's, he's a young quarterback. He he has looked 
like like a superhero uh, through these first four games, certainly. Uh, but Georgia is providing him an unprecedented amount of protection through yeah. four games. So uh, he's been kept clean on 86.5% of his dropbacks. Yikes, man. Uh, that leaves 13.5% under pressure. He is 45% under pressure uh, so far this season, and he's 70% when blitzed. So he's actually doing very, very well with the blitz. Two touchdowns to zero interceptions. So far this season, he's got six touchdowns to only one interception. Uh, Georgia has seven drops total on the season. So he's got an adjusted completion percentage. Like he's coming in at 72% overall. He's got an adjusted at 82.5. So without those drops, uh, he's he's doing okay. Uh, look. I know some people haven't been impressed with Carson Beck, but uh, I can see why he won the job so far through four games. Uh, Yeah, that's right. I think Auburn's secondary will present the the biggest, like, you know, the most arduous task he's had so far this season in trying to pass the ball. But if you give him a bunch of time, you leave your DBs on an island. um, And so generating pressure against this offensive line that Georgia has set up is going to be the matchup that I'm watching first and foremost. If you give him a ton of time back there, it's going to, it's going to be a little rough. I think for the Tigers defensively in this one. Yeah, I think, you know, Auburn has done a good job of generating pressure. We talked about this actually last week when we were talking about Texas A&M and how the quarterback there, who I I believe is more mobile than Carson Beck, Mm -hmm. was good against pressure. And we were able to generate pressure on him, eventually get him out of the game. Now, I'm not advocating that we need to hurt any quarterbacks, of course. But what I am saying is that Auburn has done a good job of being able to get pressure against teams that have done well against pressure. And so credit to Ron Roberts and everything he has done so far to get this mashup of guys together and playing in one accord. Um, The defensive backfield has been good, not flawless, right? We've had our coverage bust. We've had our misalignments on the back end, but they've done a really good job of disguising where the pressure is coming from and mixing in blitzes where we've struggled. And this is the thing that we're going to have to do better and I don't know how you overcome this this week against an offensive line that has performed as admirably as Georgia is, is finding ways to get pressure with that front four. Uh, those stunts and those defensive ends, specifically the pass rush ends, and Jalen McLeod, Elijah McAllister coming from that jack position, Steven Sings when he gets his opportunity, those guys need to figure out how to win against the Georgia if it's a tight end that's going to be matched up, you know, a running back that's going to be there in a slide protection or the tackle, they have to figure out how to get pressure and make Carson Beck uncomfortable a little bit more, force the ball out of his hands quickly, and then our defensive backs need to rally and tackle. Again, that's the same formula that we talked about against Texas A&M that I feel like worked early in that game. You know, yeah. uh, generate pressure, get it out of his hands quickly, rally and tackle. We need to be able to figure out how to do that against Georgia as well. I Auburn had 15 missed tackles against Texas A&M. Yeah. Uh, yeah so that, you know, it's admirably as the defensive play defense played in that one, the 15 missed tackles is definitely disappointing. Uh, yeah. So that's something that's definitely going to have to improve. If you're going to let, if you're going to um, second chance, if you're getting a lot of yards after contact uh, again, it's going to be tough in this one, but I believe that this defense has what it takes. Um, they won time of possession for their offense mm-hmm. last week. 
Um, that's a trend that I think is going to have to continue to this one. If, if you're Auburn, you got one goal in this one. Get to the fourth quarter. And Georgia has started slow in all four games so far right. this season. Uh, they have no more than seven points in any first quarter so far this season. Uh, seven, seven, three, and zero, I believe, so far this season, Ike. So they have not scored more than a single touchdown in the first quarter. If you're Auburn and you can find a way to put up a couple scores in the first quarter uh, uh, while holding Carson Beck to their average, which is three to seven points, I, I – I think that that might give Auburn some life because you got to get to the fourth quarter here. You got to find a way to make sure this thing is competitive in the fourth quarter. And after you get there, man, all bets are off, right? Yeah. Open up the playbook, man. Go at him. Send the blitzes. You know, try to do something to confuse him and see where the cards fall for you. Yeah. So you know, Auburn has not started quickly. Um, in in any of the games so far, except for the very first one against UMass. To your point, Auburn has to figure out a way offensively to start quickly, put up points early, because as you just mentioned, Georgia has not started fast as well. The problem is Georgia is absolutely demolishing teams in the second halves of games. So you have to figure out a way while Georgia's figuring it out, If they're not putting up points early and your defense is giving you opportunities, you've got to figure out a way to put up points because third quarters have not been kind to teams as they're facing Georgia this season. And that's really where, to me, it's going to come down to how are you going to come out of the second half and figure out a way to continue what you've done in the first half, not necessarily continue as in doing the exact same things you were doing. Georgia's going to come out and they've they've been the best this year at making halftime adjustments and figuring out what they need to do to attack defenses differently. They've always been good on defense and they just tighten up a little bit more on defense and shut teams out in third quarters. Georgia has not surrendered a single point in the third quarter this season. So Auburn needs to figure out how to get out early and Mm -hmm. then figure out how to make some sort of adjustment in the halftime to get to a place where they are able to to break that streak against Georgia in the third quarter where Georgia is just absolutely overpowering teams when they come out of the half. Um, Let's talk a little bit about the other side of the football, though, and what Auburn needs to do to start this game out. Again, I think the obvious answer here is we need to figure out how to throw the football. Yep. Uh, yeah, look, uh, lots of talk about the quarterback position so far. Uh, I hit here. Uh, Peyton Thorne um, has been underwhelming so far through four games. And Hugh Free said in his presser that we're, they're likely to end up with him going out first. Um, I think maybe the leash might be a little bit shorter against Georgia. Um, certainly, he has said over and over again that no matter who goes out there first, you have to do the job well. Uh, look, there were some routes that were not run great, but there were definitely some throws that were missed. Mm-hmm. Uh, ultimately, I think that some of the things that we're still talking about in game four with Peyton Thorne are disappointing because you brought him in specifically for those reasons. Experience. First and foremost, two years starting at the power five level, uh, you know, having gone and played Michigan and played some of these huge games and get in raucous environments. Right. This, you know, you hope that that would show up as a strength uh, as a guy who would not be rattled by those things. Uh, he has 
in my opinion, not showing a ton of poise. So they've got to find a way to sell again, settle him in. I'm disappointed that we're talking about settling a veteran guy in. Right. Yeah. Four games into the season, but this is where they're at. Uh, other than that, uh, what the change I expect to see is if it's not working for him, I, I would think that Auburn would see a faster pivot here. Like before the game gets out of hand. Um, yeah. Now, uh, kind of going back, uh, jumping back to a point that I didn't make about Carson Beck. Like they're, you know, part of the reason why they're able to keep him clean is that he gets the ball out of his hands quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Two point three three seconds on average, the ball is gone. <laughs> he is not holding on to the ball, and he's checking down quite a bit. So in the in the middle of the field, uh, zero to ten yards. He's 20 for 26 on the season. He's got 26 attempts. He doesn't have more than 14 in any other area of the field. So he he's if it's not there, he finds the check down, he dumps it off, and that's a, a big reason why his completion percentage is so high. Yeah. Uh, it gets the ball out of his hands, and he's going through his reads fast. Payne Thorne needs to do be able to do the same thing in this one. Uh, so he's got to get the ball out of his hands. Having an average time to throw over three seconds – you're going to get sacked. You're going to get sacked quite a bit um, on most teams and in most leagues. So uh, shortening that time, going through his progressions. And, and I think I don't put all that on Payne Thorne. Some of those plays that were called, they did, they, they, they require him to hold on to the ball, right. you know, while the play develops. And I would hope that that is something that they see on tape and give him some quicker options, some faster options to kind of loosen up this Georgia defense a little bit. Um, I you know went on locked on this morning, and you know Zach felt like establishing the run was going to be the key for Auburn offensively in this one. I I don't think so. I think again they're going to stack the box, and they have the horses to sell out to stop the run. And if you can't prove that you can be two dimensional and throw the ball, good luck. I think establishing yeah. a short passing game is going to be the key for Auburn to get going offensively in this one. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. We have to be more imaginative with the ways that we get the ball out of Peyton Thorne's hands. I mean, there there are some quick remedies, of course, the quick hitters to the outside, the bubble screens uh, and that sort of thing, the uh, swing passes to the backs as they're doing mm-hmm. that orbit motion. We didn't see a single one of those orbit motion passes in the last game. We didn't see a single jet sweep in the last game. We only saw like two bubble screens being thrown in that last game. Uh, we saw a couple of times that they threw it to Rivaldo tight end screen or the uh, little slip pass that they do as he's coming in motion. But I think we need to see more of those things. We saw him hit it one time to Petit um, that went for a good game. Get the ball out of his hands quickly. Short passing game that translates into three to five yards on first down. We can't have, we can't come out first play negative yards again against a power five opponent. We've done that in the first two games we need to, or no gain, right? We need to go out and get three to five yards, quick passes, make those Georgia DBs be disciplined. And, you know, I'm not saying, you know, throw, you know, quick outs every time and and have them go intercept it. But I am saying that we have to figure out is the slant game going to be available to us? Spread them out. I want to see what I thought I was going to see against Texas A&M. Spread them out. Get them to to have less men that are crowding the line of scrimmage or at least seeing where those outside blitzers could potentially be coming from and then reading that and getting the ball out to somebody in space that's out there on the sides. 
Hopefully we'll be able to do that a little bit better in this game than we did against Texas A&M. Not even a little bit better. We have to do that drastically better than we did against Texas A&M. And that's, to me, the way that you're going to be able to get to your run game a little bit more. Because I don't think the remedy is going to be establishing the run. I don't know that you can just go out and establish the run. run, Yeah, Yeah, I I think that's going to be a recipe for disaster. Uh, You have to prove that you can do the thing that they don't think you can do. Yeah. Right. Um, because what's going to happen is if they don't respect it, um, they're going to sell out against the thing they feel like you can do. Yeah. And they're going to make you prove that you can do the other thing. Uh, right. So, you know, Hugh Freeze has talked a lot about the, the the talent gap between Auburn right now and the rest of the league. Well, Georgia, so yeah, they've got the athletes to be able to leave their DBs one on one. And, you know, when those opportunities are there, you just have to take advantage of the mic. So uh, the the wide open wheel route to Jay Fair that's an advantage that you uh, that's a that's an opportunity you have to take advantage of. Um, you know when Robbie entered the game, the throw to Shane, uh, I'm sorry, to to shorter, where he stopped his route. Right, the quarter the the play was read correctly by the quarterback. The safety bit down and he put it over the top, and everybody thought touchdown. But. The receiver was loafing, as Hugh Freed described them in the offseason, thinking he wasn't getting the ball and he wasn't where he was supposed to be. Um, you know, the, the other two throws by Robbie, again, just plays you have to make. At some point, you just have to make plays. So offensively, there will be opportunities for their, for them there in this one. But you cannot afford to miss the wide open opportunities when they're there. I right. think if Auburn can score 21 to 24 points in this one, they've got a shot. Yeah. 21 I mean, to 24 points in this one, and they've got a shot. This to, this is the same song that we've been singing for years is if you can put out put up three touchdowns some sort of way, then you're giving the defense that has played admirably all season an opportunity to come home and secure a victory. For That's you. right. That's right. Um, but it, uh, it, listen, it's got to start early. And I really I would love to see a score, whether it's a touchdown or a field goal on the first offensive drive from Auburn this week. I'd love to see it. Yep, absolutely. Um, It's going to be start fast, start fast in this one and try to uh, and give your, you know, give your defense something to go out to give them a little bit of a cushion to go out there. Because like you said, uh, Georgia has been devastating in the second half of games. Um, And so if you can just finish with a lead of any sort, in the first half, I think it gives the team a different type of life. And they can't just come out and crush you in the second half. They have to respect, make them respect something in the first mm-hmm. half of this game. Yeah. Uh, and that's what I saw. Offensively, I'm not sure there was much for Texas A&M to respect going into the second half of the game. I mean, they, they played that game on safe mode, essentially, defensively. Uh, and, and you've got you've got to make yourself a threat, more of a threat in this one. So I'm looking forward to seeing those adjustments be made and then seeing the playmakers get involved. The last point I want to make offensively, we talked a lot about the quarterback position, but in terms of game plan, uh, Hugh Freeze has described five and six. That's Jay Fair and Javaris Johnson as his best receivers. They had a total of four targets on Saturday. Right. Yikes, man. Two apiece. How, you know, and, and one of those for Jay was late in the second half, like fourth quarter. Right. I think it was his own, like, I his think only it was reception. His only reception. Holding. Yeah. yeah. That can't happen. Right. Like, so 
and you got to get the ball to your playmakers through the air as well, too. Man, four targets total in a game on the road in College Station in front of 100,000 people. You know, that can't happen. So that that's part game plan and part the quarterback not seeing the field. Uh, right. But ultimately, yeah, you've, you've got to do better than that, right? So he had to catch from Holden, and then he had to miss, obviously, on the wheel route. Technically, there would have been a third target on the pass by Th- Payne Thorne that was, like, was batted the, down. Yeah, it was yeah. a little uh, backwards pass, so it wasn't Correct. a pass. Yeah, yeah, so, but, yeah, and still not enough, right? Yeah. So, yeah, still not enough for those guys. Those guys need their touches as well, too. Wool Report family, you are listening to The Morning Drop, where we talk about the most recent and relevant Auburn sports news. We broadcast live from the Wool Report's YouTube channel on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 Central Time. You're welcome to come watch it live, but the live chat is reserved for our YouTube channel members only. So come on by, become a member, and get active in the best Auburn sports community on the webs. We'll be right back after we pay a couple bills. Drop! Thanks for sticking around through the ad break. Now here's the rest of your morning drop. Drop! Uh, Speaking of great people, we have them right here in our comment section, (laughs) and we want to hear from them and see what they are talking about today. We appreciate you all dropping in with us this morning. We'll get the conversation started off with a different Corey. Corey Waters here who says, Blitz Beck all game and crowd the box to stop the run. Make Beck beat you. Bobo's offense is not innovative. Yeah, Mike Bobo has not been known as the most innovative guy in the world, but what he has been known to do is try to keep the ball out of his quarterback's hands uh, this so far this season and get the ball out quickly. So the blitz might not be effective if he's not back there holding the ball long enough. Yeah, true. Um, It's it's going to be it's going to be challenging for them, I think, Uh, uh, you know, and I I told a little bit of a fib about uh, the most passes. He actually is checking down behind the line of scrimmage quite a bit. Uh, so behind the line of scrimmage in the middle of the field, which on what I assume are screens or screens. little, again, dump offs, right? He's mm-hmm. 32 for 35 for 268 yards, two touchdowns and a rating of 117.6. So, uh, you know, they're doing a lot of running back uh, screens. Yeah, and wide man. Receivers, wide receiver and tight end tunnel screens in this offense. Yeah, they're not pushing the ball down the field a ton. So, uh, uh, you know, again, I would force him to do that. Try to make him throw the ball down the field where he is clearly less effective. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they're, what they're doing is protecting a young quarterback. They're saying, we're not going to make you try to go out there and do what Stetson Bennett had to do last year and, you know, hit the deep over routes and, you know, analyze the field for a bunch. They're saying, okay, we're going to, Get the ball out of your hands quickly and let somebody else take the punishment all game, uh, which is a smart thing to do with their quarterback. Uh, we just have to figure out, again, the, those missed tackles, I think if you do that against Georgia, that's going to be it's going to be a bad game. So you need to come out there and be sound in your ability and your assignments to tackle. Uh, then you'll get the earn the right to go out there and blitz him and, and make your um, money out there getting to the quarterback. Correct. Tyrone Long says Peyton Thorne will play better this week. Mark it down. And he plays better at home. That's what he does. Looking for a bounce back game from Peyton Thorne. Listen, Peyton Thorne hasn't faced a power five offense, excuse me, a power five defense yet at home. So 
him playing better at home, I think, is a little anomalous against UMass and Samford. This is the game where we can determine whether or not, hey, listen, he's just not a road warrior. He's a guy who plays better and gets in front of his home crowd. We'll determine whether or not that's a truth this week because this will be the first real competition that he's faced at home. That's correct. That's correct. Yeah, it's going to be, as Georgia, man, it's different, right? So uh, uh, similarly to some of the rivalries that he's faced in in the Big Ten, you know, against Michigan, obviously being from Michigan State, uh, this is one of those that just hits different, man. So, um, you know, fortunately for him, it is at home and he will have the comforts of the home crowd. So I'm interested to see how he does in this one. Yeah, hopefully for I if, if he's going to be the starting QB, I want him to go out there and play well this week. There is no part of me that wants to see Peyton Thorne not play this well this week. Right. Uh, Zach Hendricks says the key to winning is actually scoring in the first quarter. We just talked about this. We have not been good in first quarter so far this season, except for the UMass game. We've got to put up points. Georgia has started out slow in first quarters. That mm-hmm. means we need to win the first quarter battle. We only had one offensive drive in the first quarter in the past two games. So we need to be able to get off of the field, you know, maybe get a three and out five and out against Georgia on their first drive and go and get points on our first, hopefully two drives that we have in the first quarter of this game, depending on if we get the ball first. Agreed. Um, Oh, man, starting fast is is just going to be so important in this game. I can't stress enough. Um, If they can start fast, you've got a better shot. So, um, you know, uh, again, I will agree with you, Freeze. I mean, this is one of those teams where clearly there's a talent gap based on how they have played. But like at the one, Auburn has what it takes to compete. It's just all got to come together. Right. Um, They've got to play one of their best games of the season, man, to win this one. And I think that they're they can do that Uh, as long as the plan is clear, the buy in is there and everybody does their job. Do your one eleven, as the players like to say. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Eric Montgomery says we have to play mistake free penalties and turnovers have been drive killers. We haven't talked about the penalties and the turnovers, but this is absolutely going to be necessary. You can't turn the ball over against a team this good. You absolutely cannot shoot yourself in the foot with penalties against a team this good. Uh, those penalties, you know, we didn't have any turnovers against Texas A&M. Thankfully, that backwards pass could have been a turnover. Uh, but and then the the backwards pitch uh, to. Uh, Damari would have been a turnover uh, had it. Well, it wasn't a backwards pitch. It ended up being a forward pitch, but that was almost a turnover for a touchdown going in the opposite direction. So we narrowly escaped turnovers against Texas A&M. We absolutely cannot have them against Georgia if you expect to win this football game, unless your defense is going to come out there and give you multiple turnovers going in the opposite direction. Kudos to the defense. They have had a takeaway in every single game so Mm. far this season. Scoring on two occasions so far this season with a pick six and a uh, fumble uh, scoop and score for a touchdown against Texas A&M. The defense has been doing their job every single game with getting the ball back to Auburn. Auburn's offense needs to reward them with not turning the ball over and not having a bunch of penalties that put us in negative situations. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, John Brandon jumps in and says, how many bad series before Coach Hugh Freeze makes a change? Three? He's questioning. I I think it depends on Mm. what the reason for the bad series is, whether or not I'm sorry to say this. People think that it's not a the quarterback is the the problem every time. So I think that 
Peyton Thorne's job is to eliminate, and we talked about this already, and this should be the job for everybody talking about doing your 111. Eliminate yourself from the conversation. It, if it's going to look bad on offense, Peyton Thorne needs to make sure that it's not because of him. He went where the read told him to go. The wide receiver wasn't there. He gave the ball when he was supposed to. They missed a block. He sat back there and, and held it in the pocket. Somebody didn't block properly, didn't give him time to look downfield. He needs to eliminate himself from the conversation, and that's going to change the calculus on how many drives of ineptitude you're going to have. Plus, you're going against the best defense in the country. I don't know that anybody's going to naturally assume that Peyton Thorne's going to come out and look amazing against this defense anyway. So uh, I don't really know the answer to this. I think it's more so on how many drives of poor performance from Peyton Thorne there are before uh, he he gets pulled from the game. If he's yeah, missing he, throws, he's holding on to the ball too long, missing right. runs, not pulling, you know, doing the wrong thing in the RPO game, that's going to mm-hmm. be different. Yeah, agreed. Uh it's 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 here's 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 part of what I've I've bemoaned I right is when it goes well, when you're in it, you know, it seems like I don't know. Is this fair to say? Like, I, I, you know, you still have to when you're when you're when you're not out of it. Sometimes it's hard to make changes because you're trying to understand what's not working, right? So they put when you put X amount on the receivers or X amount on the play call or X amount on the quarterback. You know, you really think, oh, well, we're in it, so we just decided to stick with him, and then it's out of hand, and you throw another guy in there. Um, And I hope that maybe they can properly evaluate if maybe a change is warranted earlier in this game. Listen, this is the hard decision to make. This is why he gets paid six million dollars and we're talking about it. Right. Because you just never know. It could be to your team's detriment to make a change at some points. Um, They've just got to be able to look at it and for the coach's eye and see he's doing everything that he should be doing and we're not executing in other areas. So we're going to stick with them. I don't think it's been apparent that that's been the case so far, but hopefully that's the case on Saturday. If he rolls out as a starter. Yeah. Hopefully uh, we will be able to see some changes in how mm-hmm. they have scripted plays though, for him as well to set him up for success early. Uh, Miller house says, at least we have the bye week coming up for these coaches to take a look in the mirror and figure out who's the QB for the second half of the season. This is something that Coach Freeze talked about in his press conference this week. He said he looks at it as kind of two different seasons. He's got the first half of the season leading up to the bye week, and then he'll make an evaluation. And he says there's a lot of things that we need to evaluate during that bye week to determine how we're going to look for the second season of this year. I think quarterback is going to be one of those things that he's going to be evaluating heavily during the bye week. And if this game doesn't look like progression towards what they are hoping or what they've been seeing by his admission during practice, if it hasn't manifested on the field during this game, they're going to have to look more heavily at making a change there. And he said that that's not the only place where they're going to be looking for changes. Yeah. Uh, Ed Darby says Auburn tried to disguise their offense by shifting late last week. However, that leaves you stuck with your play call. They need to get the play in quicker and give Peyton Thorne more time to evaluate the defense. Uh, This definitely happened. And they talked about this strategically. They thought that Texas A&M had not looked good against changing what you did. And so they tried to make them adjust late. Um, I think Peyton Thorne still had a ton of time, though, to 
to evaluate, he was just operating too quickly after that change. After they made yeah. the shift, he was trying to, oh, okay, we're going to shift and then go quickly. And then he didn't look to see how they adjusted to that. I think that he needs to take that additional moment to say, all right, cool. We still have seven, eight seconds left on the play clock. And at times it was like 12, 13 seconds left on the play clock. Now I need to make my adjustment on what I see. He wasn't making, I think, the post um, shift adjustments, site adjustments based upon the changes from Texas A&M. And a lot of times the adjustments that Texas A&M was, were making had absolutely nothing to do with the adjustments that Auburn were making. So right. uh, it's just, again, and they, and they were doing a lot of the same stuff. So that's the frustrating thing for me is that this was definitely happening, but we were doing absolutely nothing to ex- act as if we were acknowledging what was happening on the other side of the field. So, or the other side of the line of scrimmage, I should say. Uh, Corey Weber says Peyton plays a lot better at home. Somebody else said this earlier. Maybe he comes out and balls. At least we can dream. Hey, listen, man, we can hold on to hope that there's a plan in place that allows Peyton Thorne to do what he does well. And this offense comes out and puts up early points. Uh, Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, like, listen, this is his first SEC game at home. Uh, right. so yeah, we'll, I mean, we're going to see, we're going to see how much better he plays at home. I listen, playing at home definitely is an advantage playing in front of your own crowd. Right. <laughs> so, um, hopefully has a good start to the game, uh, which is what you hope a, a fast start. And, um, maybe there's a plan to get him involved with his arm early, because I do think that's going to be the key in this one. You're not going to win this game without passing the ball on this, on Georgia. Uh, yeah. I, I listen in a perfect world. You hand it off to Jarquez and Bati and Cobb, and you run the clock and you keep the you play keep away, right in your house. Um, I'm just not sure that's going to be a reality against this team. So Thorne's arm, man, find a way to get him settled into the game with his arm early, build some confidence. You know, uh, uh, you know, Ike, like you say, <laughs> like it's like a basketball player just seeing that ball go through the hoop. Yeah. Right uh, on a free throw or anything, man. Uh, you know that's how the completed passes feel sometimes. These quarterbacks. That I think that too is the difficult thing with playing a team like Georgia. Right, is that even if you get a lead, it's difficult to preserve that lead because it's hard to run clock against them because you're not going to just go out there and push them around and be able to get first downs by running the ball. You kind of have to throw the ball a little bit to continue to move the sticks and keep your possessions going. And if you don't complete passes in in doing that, then you're not going to get the, you're going to stop the clock more. Right. Mm-hmm. But, you know, speaking of that, the new clock rules. Right. You know, you're not even you know, the clock's not stopping if you get first downs. The name of this game is getting first downs, man. You got to go out there and score and then you have to con- get to continue to get first downs. Uh, teams are only Ed Darby says getting two at uh going getting to at most three possessions in the first half with the new clock rules you're not going to get very many opportunities especially if you're going to be driving the ball down the field and not getting quick play or uh, quick shots down the field uh, for touchdowns you're not going to get a lot of bites at this apple and so having turnovers or drives in disastrously in whatever manner changes what you need to be able to do with those possessions you have to protect those possessions uh 
just with your life, man. You can't turn the ball over in games like this or put yourself behind the eight ball continuously. We talked about the third down ineptitude of Auburn, uh, you know, average starting position on third downs being 10 plus yards so far this season. That can't be a situation that we walk into in this game again, where you're looking at third down and 10 or more uh, for another week. So uh, we've got to get early success on early downs and then get first downs if we want to keep that clock rolling against Georgia. Yep. All right. That's it, man. We appreciate you guys dropping in with us. We are out of here until the next time. And as always, War Eagle.